you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What is up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Trying to find my zen this morning. James Coe here. Uh, joining you alongside MG, my boy Marcus Grant, the Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, Alex Gelhar behind the glass of whiskey from Wisconsin, and on this tie Tuesday, Matt Franciscovich, uh, excuse me, the franchise behind the glass as well. Uh, gentlemen, I apologize. I was extremely late today. A uh, What normally is a 25, 20 to 25 minute commute took me about an hour and 15 minutes. I'm trying to find my Zen Yikes. today. <sighs> It's supposed to be Southern. Breathe. So it's supposed to be Southern California, folks. Got ourselves a little bit of a rainstorm. Need the rain, though. Oh my god. We do. Gosh. It's good. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great, except for my commute, which absolutely sucks. That's okay. Hey, uh, top headlines today. Uh, you know what? I want to react off this Monday night game before we get to the top okay. headlines here. Uh, you know, Adrian Peterson did not play well. What is it? Ten carries, thirty-one yards, or something like that. Yep. How do you play well with ten carries? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point, but I tell you what, they I don't didn't get it. They it looked like they didn't trust him in the second quarter either. We saw some Jarek McKinnon, we saw a little Matt Asiata. Uh, level of concern from the gentleman in this room, considering uh, a guy who was universally a top five pick, probably a top three pick, a number one pick in a lot of leagues. Well, it makes me wonder. I mean, I don't know that I'm really concerned, but I do go back and question then if they didn't trust him and they didn't feel he was going to be ready, why they didn't play him at all in the preseason. Exactly. I mean, we talked a lot about exactly. how he had a full year off. He hadn't been on the field. And I know that, you know, generally speaking, he has never played much in the preseason. But when you have this long of a layoff, you think you want to get him some touches, get him some game action before the real thing starts. That's what I was saying That's what before it looked the like. preseason. He, he looked a little hesitant, and he even admitted it afterwards. He was like, I was a little hesitant sometimes coming out of the shotgun. So I'm not concerned. He'll knock the rust off. And we still saw that vintage Adrian Peterson when he was carrying tacklers like yeah. 10 yards downfield. So I'm not concerned. Yeah. He still had the burst. I'm not, I'm not worried at this point. Um, one week does not a season make, right? True. Absolutely. But, again... It was a it was a bad start, but I'm not going to freak the tape, out. Move oh, on. All right, Can, let me let me react to to Carlos Hyde. Oh my God, 
I mean, the exact opposite of what Adrian Peterson is. Because people were talking about... He ran like a freight train. He I did. mean, he, I, we, there was so much concern uh, regarding the, the, the team status, uh, all the... Yeah, extracurricular stuff that was happening around the 49ers in the offseason. Carlos Hyde. Can I can I just say this? If we if we did a redraft today, Carlos Hyde is a top five pick. Carlos Hyde looks amazing. Um, I get that the Minnesota Vikings were not, you know, necessarily an elite defensive unit last year. Uh, I get that, and that's fine. I mean, we saw what uh, what Eddie Lacy uh, did to, to, yeah. to the Minnesota Vikings last year on two different occasions. But, boy, Carlos, oh, my gosh, I'm so high on Carlos Hyde. Now. I feel so bad because I picked the wrong Bay Area back. <laughs> That's really what. I think I tweeted this last night. Where a lot of us fell victim to just overthinking it because what I, this is what I saw on tape from Carlos Hyde last year. But right. then the football rapture happened. The and I thought line. the team was going to be so bad, the <laughs> offensive line. So I was just like, oh, no, all these things are piling on top of what is essentially an amazing player. And that's what it comes down to. Should not have forgotten that. Yeah, I mean, I, I love I love watching him run. And that part never really worried me. What worries me more is that the Niners aren't going to always have leads. I mean, they, they by rights, probably, I don't know. I, They're I not should, going 16-0? I should say that they should have been trailing at halftime. But then again, the Vikings didn't really do anything offensively either. So This was not a sharp game. It was not a sharp <laughs> game. And so like, I just wonder how many times, instead of you know being down, being up 7-0 at half, the Niners are down a couple of touchdowns, which really changes the game script. And that, to me, has been the big fear around Carlos Hyde, that he's going to be that he was going to be a two-down back on a bad team. Reggie Bush gets hurt. The Niners right. get a lead. It completely changes the way that just game goes. Just remember, too, that, that typically things are never as bad as they are uh, in week one, and they're, they're never as good as they are in week one. So Hyde was great. Uh, is he going to finish with more fantasy points than Adrian Peterson this year? I don't think that's a lock. We'll see what happens. Uh, but the fact, that it's, the fact that it's actually up in the air, though, is, is insane. I mean, it's, it's absolute insanity. We are in overreaction yeah, Tuesday right now. So I, I try not to overreact on Tuesday, but let me tell you, man, both of the touchdown runs that Carlos Hyde had. He looked great. Unbelievable. I mean, the first touchdown spin run. Move. The spin, spin move. The spin move was, was so sick. dope. That was the sick. The spin move was so dope. Even the first touchdown run. I got to say, the first, even the first, first touchdown run. You know, it's a stretch play to the right. Well, the first one was the spin. Second one was the stretch play. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah. Okay, so the, so the stretch play to the right, there was nothing there. And the ability that he had to just uh, a, a very simple cut inside and then weave his way through, I, I mean, to me, look, I, I get it. it. It probably is lost on, on a lot of fans maybe watching that game, but there was I, the blocking was to the right side. There was nothing there. He was able to cut back inside and, and get a touchdown. To me, he's such a talented runner, man. I, I, I can't I, – I don't know, man. I, I'm extremely high. On Carlos' side, we saw a little bit of development from Car- uh, Ca- Colin Kaepernick. I was going to call him Carlos Kaepernick. <laughs> yes, uh, no, Colin Kaepernick uh, as well. Although maybe that was Trent Dilfer screaming in my ear. Yeah, dude, about the- if if I <laughs> never have to listen to Trent Dilfer and Chris Berman do a game again in my life, oh, that I, I, was terrible. I enjoyed Dilfer's enthusiasm, but I sure. just wish he wouldn't shout at me. Please about don't everything. yell at me. Oh it was like God. he had announcing Tourette's because he'd be like, "Acceleration." I mean, high five! Look, he's climbing. Look at him climb the pocket. He's making his seventh, his eighth, his ninth read. Look at his eyes upfield. It was, it was, it was like I was like, oh great, there's a lot of enthusiasm. And then I was like, okay, let's chill, let's scale it back a bit. Back. Yeah, you right. know, it, it was too. It, it was it, 
as much, Mike said, it, it was, it was Chris Berman as well. I mean, it's like, it well, they much. don't have the reps that other other. No, no, I get that. No, so. but I'm talking about the enthusiasm level. Yeah, it's it like you're going to pair Trent Dilfer with Chris Berman. Also, the big, the big <laughs> please bell, stop the big calling that bottom. stadium the big bell bottom. Yeah, please. can we get out of that? Please, and maybe get to some headlines. It's gonna. I think Marcus is gonna <laughs> have an aneurysm if we keep talking about the big bell bottom. I do. I like it. All Let's right. do top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. We watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, so Des Bryant, uh, this is the big news, obviously, in fantasy. Broken foot. Out what? Uh, well, it's murky now. We don't we had, know. It was originally 4-6, to six, and then this morning I read reports 8-12. to 12. Now Jerry Jones said 6 Dante Stallworth said, what, four weeks? A different doctor said eight. He's out a while. <laughs> He's out a long <laughs> so At least a month is what it seems yeah. like. Bare minimum. Uh, what, what I read in the – I think it was the Dallas Morning News uh, or uh, whatever it was, the, the, the Dallas area paper down there. Well, Des Bryant has a similar broken foot to what Kevin Durant suffered, and that, yes. and that locked him out of the season. Uh, different sport. Uh, it's it's a Jones fracture. Is that what it's called? I believe, I believe so, so. Yeah, a Jerry so. Jones fracture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as Liz oh, Frank didn't go. rear its ugly right. ah yes. Okay, so broken foot. Anywhere between, let's just say, I, I think conservatively we could say six weeks. Um, anywhere anywhere up to twelve. Okay, so now what? Uh, what do you do if you've got Des Bryant? Well, you rush to the waiver wire and hopefully put in a claim for Terrence Williams, who figures to be the number one wide receiving option in Dallas while Dez is out. Cole Beasley is also worth a look in PPR leagues, and I think Lance Dunbar in a deeper PPR league is also worth a look. But you can't replace Dez Bryant. No. You just can't do it. Well, but here's the thing. Yes, you can't replace Dez Bryant, but if you're going to lose a player at a position, it's not bad to lose one at wide receiver where there is so much depth and there are so many guys there. I mean, look at the names, and look, I know that they – could be one-week flashes, but I mean, Keenan Allen bounced back great. I mean, Kendall Wright had a really good week. Travis Benjamin comes out of nowhere, catches a long touchdown. So there are guys that are going to be available somewhere on the waiver wire that you can go get. I mean, it's not like losing a running back and you're scrambling to figure out what to do. I, I hope people aren't leaning on Travis Benjamin. Well, no, but, but, I mean, but the point is there are a lot of guys. I mean, there's look, every team puts three or four wide receivers on the field at one point. So you can go find somebody who's going to make Right, plays. and in the waiver wire column, the three top guys I had because I took that over from Fabs this year were Terrence Williams, Dante Moncrief, and Steve Johnson. Like those guys have a very low ownership percentage right now, mm-hmm. be- especially Moncrief because with the drafting of Philip Dorsett, a lot of people thought he was going to assume that role. Yeah, now, especially if Hilton misses any time, which we'll get to in the headlines, Moncrief's going to be that guy running with Andre Johnson, and he looks to be set as the third wide receiver in a high flying offense. All right, so Wiz, who, who's your top ad if you lose Des Bryant? I mean, I think I'd actually go Moncrief over Williams just a tad. Um, because of his situation and his his talent, because Williams has a lot of talent, but he's been in, he's been inconsistent. That's Very his problem, right? And uh, you got to wonder how he's going to be as the number one guy when he's getting locked down that way. And I still think Jason Witten, the target hog that he is, is going to eat up a lot in that offense. I was just about to ask you, man. Jason Witten, even a guy like Gavin Escobar, uh, he's been a consistent red zone target. Uh, Fabs, you follow the Cowboys very closely. Uh, you got to think that the targets are going to get spread around pretty good. Uh, Terrence Williams or Stevie Johnson, who's your top waiver wire at if, you, if you've got a Des Bryant? It's Williams because the quarterback situation there, Romo's, Romo's one of the best, and he proved it uh, on Sunday night. Sure. And the targets are going to increase. There's no kind of like the fact that. that Terrence Williams and the Cowboys also play in the NFC East. Sure. Yeah, no doubt about that. Got a good matchup this week uh, against Philadelphia as well. So I'm going with Williams because there's a whole lot of targets that just uh, got moved over to the sidelines there in Big D. Now, with Witten, 
he's he's a weekly starter. Uh, he he was going into the season. Um, his value certainly goes up a little bit with Dez out. But also keep in mind they're playing Philadelphia this week. He has scored two touchdowns in his career in Philadelphia. Huh. So it's not a great matchup based on the trend uh, that Witten has in Philadelphia, but he is definitely going to be someone who people are going to be starting. All right, in Arizona, Andre Ellington, a PCL injury. He could be out two to three weeks. What is it? Which Johnson you got? Which Johnson you guys got? Chris Johnson, David Johnson. Well, Bruce Arians said that Chris Johnson was going to be the lead dog, and I'm going to listen to the coach, and I'm going with Chris Johnson. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's going to be the starter. <laughs> yeah, I don't have. Do, I don't have to be excited about. Do it. not want. Right. Yeah. You know what? You know what still exists in the newsroom. Your will trade Chris Johnson for a sandwich post. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Uh, and it hasn't changed. I, if I'm picking up anybody, I want the more exciting player. Okay. So I, I understand that Chris Johnson's going to get more touches. I just think David Johnson in the interim will be able to do more with his. So I, I'm going to take a flyer on him in leagues. If I don't think I even own Ellington in any of my like ten leagues, but. Uh, if I were to pick up somebody off the waiver wire in this situation, I'd grab David Johnson. I think I think David Johnson for me as well. And Fabs, you're right. If you're playing, you know, look, it's a week to week game. I get it, man. You got to win. Uh, in a and also keep situation. in mind too, Arians likes to likes to lean on the veterans too. I mean, Chris Johnson had ten touches last week. David Johnson had one. The one was a 55 yard touchdown catch and run. But uh, I I I just think I don't love either one as more than my flex. And you're sort of forced to utilize one of these guys in the flex, but I, I prefer the starter here. Um, but either way, these guys are rosterable now. To, to borrow a, a line from Adam Rank, uh, how do you look at the tape of David Johnson and, and not get him more uh, touches? I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Chris Johnson going to be the starter, but how many two-yard runs can you really absorb and, and can you stomach before you're just like, you know what, man? Let's just get David Johnson out there and just see what happens. Sometimes common sense uh, isn't utilized enough in the it's just not. NFL. Yeah, Matt, Matt Harmon <laughs> used the expression veteran deference that seems to hang around on teams a little too long where yeah. even if they have an electric player, they're still going to give it to Joyke Bell first. <laughs> okay, you there, you, there go. you go. All right, we go to Oakland. Derek Carr, he had a hand injury. He missed uh, significant portions of that game against Cincinnati. Um we're not exactly sure, or are we yet? Has a new news come out on Der- Derek Carr? I, I know that don't the know yet. they're saying there's, there's a chance he could play this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Either way, what does it mean for guys like Amari Cooper and Latavius Murray? I mean, once he went out and the mighty Matt McGloin came in, the uh, stock for Amari Cooper, I mean, just plummeted. Yeah, it did, and um, that's going to be the case. And they're playing Baltimore this week. Oh, Baltimore's defense against the pass. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, and their pass rush just took a big, big yes, loss. Though. Did. Jimmy Smith is likely going to end up shadowing uh, Cooper this week. So you probably have to play him as a three or a flex. But if you're deep at wide receiver and McGloin is starting for the Raiders, yeah. that one there is uh, someone uh, to avoid. Oh, that's tough. Wiz, what do you think? Uh, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I, well, I mean, Matt McGloin had some decent games back in the day, but that the Baltimore defense looked great in week one. So I think if I have other options, I'm going to start them as opposed to Cooper. In Indianapolis, T.Y. Hilton, day-to-day with the Bone Brews, but NFL Media Insider Ian Rappaport says the team's going to be cautious with their top wide receiver. Hilton could miss one to two games. What do we make of that news there? We'll start with you, Alex Gilhar. Uh, like I said, if you have Hilton or if you're looking to get a, a nice upside play in the coming weeks, go grab Dante Moncrief. They're playing the Jets this weekend, and they just lost Antonio Cromartie. I think his, his injury wasn't as serious as they originally thought, right. but he's probably not going to play this week. Revis is there. Uh, we're not sure who he'll shadow, but... 
there there could be points to be had in this offense, and you you got you got to think they're going to rebound after that disastrous Week One performance. You would think Revis would be on Andre Johnson. Probably. You would think that, yeah. Uh, Andre, can we get a, a grade on Andre Johnson's performance? I mean, he looked uh, not great. No, he didn't. Well, nobody on that offense looked great. That's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, I, but I, right now I chalk that up to the Bills' defense more than anything. I mean, that defense is – it was flying around. It was making plays. I Look, my fear coming into the year and the reason I started to downgrade guys like Andre Johnson and T.Y. Hilton was that – there are so many places for Andrew Luck to go with the football that, you know, hey, maybe one of these weeks, one of these guys has a huge week. T.Y. could easily have a big week or Andre Johnson. But on the whole, it feels like what we used to see with all the Saints wide receivers where you just never knew whose Great turn point. it was going to be. Great point. Uh, to that end, uh, I, I'm assuming you're not really super high on a guy like adding a guy like Dante Moncrief. Uh, I mean, if I had to pick one, he's the guy he uh, of that offense. You know, I guess I would add him off the waiver wire, but I, I just think that he's still going to be fighting for targets with all those guys. I mean, we haven't even gotten to the two tight ends in that offense. Right. I mean, uh, you Peter know, Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen had the, I think Gelhar called it the perfect Dwayne Allen line. Was it one catch, 17 yards, and a touchdown? <laughs> I think it was one catch, seven yards. I think it was oh, seven yards. So there you go. I, I gave him too much credit. <laughs> all right, there you go. We'll go to Denver. C.J. Anderson, mispractice Monday. Uh, Gary Kubiak called him. Quote, fine, but, uh, you know, you got to think. <laughs> a ringing endorsement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's fine. Uh, you got to think that uh, his uh, Thursday night uh, status has got to be a little bit in doubt, no? That That's my thought. That's why I added this in here because I, I didn't realize he'd missed practice on Monday. But uh, Ronnie Hillman actually looked uh, better than C.J. Anderson. I mean, nobody did much at all in that week one game, but right. Ronnie Hillman looked a little better. And if they're worried about C.J. Anderson, this is the guy that sh- they want to be their lead back and workhorse the whole year. Right. Conventional wisdom is that they would probably sit him or seriously reduce his workload in favor of a guy like Hillman. Well, C.J. Anderson, when we looked at the um, uh, the tape, C.J. Anderson was in there for 77% of the snaps. Yep. So, I mean, th- it's not like he was losing a lot of snaps. And, and the other thing, too, you know, when he ran the ball, <clears throat> granted he only had 12 carries, uh, we looked at those next-gen stats, man. Uh, nine out of his 12 runs, the Baltimore defense was in the backfield. Oh, they were just – they were like – putting out lawn chairs in the, <laughs> in the Denver backfield. The Broncos offense, uh, offensive line has has some issues. You know, it's it, this is a great segue into our week one takeaways. This is basically us just, you know, what's the main storylines we garnered from week one. And the, the top thing, for me at least, was is Peyton Manning done as a top-end fantasy quarterback? Is Dude, he just done? Look at his last five or six games. That's what I, we always talk I mean, about sample size. Terrible. His sample size it's is starting terrible. to grow. It's bad. Uh, he, he he fluttered some balls. He overthrew Emmanuel Sanders a few times. I remember Sanders uh, open, had a touchdown opportunity, and, uh, and Peyton overthrew him. Yeah, listen, Peyton is on the Ro- Mount Rushmore of fantasy football. There's no question about that. Yep. But at some point, uh, every great player – uh, will will start to decline, and I think we started to see that decline last year. Uh, I'm on record as saying that I didn't think Peyton was going to be as bad as he, as he was in the last four games, but he's not going to be as good as he was in the first 12 games of last year. I really worry now that you're going to have to play the matchups with Peyton Manning. I, I really am at this point because we've seen him. So he's done as a top end guy. He's not in my top ten quarterbacks this week. No, I've got him. I got him right Ugh. now. My early rankings at seventeen for this. Week. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny. I, a couple weeks ago, oh. you know, Adam Rank was talking all preseason about how he wanted Teddy Bridgewater over Peyton Manning, and, and we laughed. We laughed. Well, look, oh, Bridgewater. Didn't let's, look let's, let's, see, let's, let's let's pump the brakes because Bridgewater didn't really set the world on fire on Monday night. Yeah. Eight point eight four fantasy points for Bridgewater, but. 
That was almost twice as many as Peyton had. That's you know, rough. Peyton man. barely had five. He didn't even have five fantasy points. That is rough. Uh, Wiz, what do you think, man? He, uh, is he just? Um, is he finished as a top end guy? I'm not ready to bury bury him yet. Uh, obviously, his sample you size got the shovel, though, is don't growing. You? I, I'm getting it ready. But yeah. like, <laughs> this was my this was my fear too. And Chris Wessling pointed out that Manning was a lot better out of the shotgun in that game. However, Kubiak's offense typically runs under, under center. center. So I wonder if, as the season goes, they're going to find a more happy medium where it's a better mix of under center plays that Manning can do. Because what what's hurting him in Kubiak's offense is his lack of mobility. Like if you remember the old Kubiak offense, like Shaw would roll out and Flacco would roll out a lot. Manning's old, and he's always had heavy legs, so he's not exactly able to do those things as easily and turn his hips as other quarterbacks are. So I'm I'm going to wait and see if they're able to somehow like mesh the offense to both styles and before you know putting the dirt on the grave. Here's what it really comes down to, though. I, I mean, it's funny that we talk about Gary Kubiak's quote-unquote offense or whatever it might be. Peyton Manning has always been the offensive coordinator. He's mm-hmm. always been the guy that calls his own shot, that calls the plays, does all the audibles at the line, the Omaha's and all that other nonsense that he does, flapping of the wings um, at the line of scrimmage. So I, I find it interesting. I, you know, I get it. Chris Wessling, uh, incredible football guy. Uh, but since when did we start saying, hey, like, you know, Peyton Manning is going to have to gel with his offensive coordinator as head coach. I, I've never seen that. Before. Well, when you can't get the 40? football out there. Yeah, when you can't get the football out there anymore and you aren't, you know, the guy that necessarily makes the offense go. Right. I, I mean, look, at some point in his career, John Elway had to defer and, sure, exactly. and not be the guy in that offense. John Elway so. used to love running and going crazy. And, I mean, there was the helicopter spin and yeah. ball 32. But those offenses, those Super Bowls. Was he 32 won, years old? On, on no, Super Bowl. That, that Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Oh, oh okay, okay. He was like 38. That's what I was going to say. Okay. Um, but th- those offenses were built around Terrell Davis. Yeah. So Peyton's done. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, did, right. I did have Peyton on my bus list this year in part because Daniel Jeremiah, one of our resident scouts here at the yeah. NFL Digital Media, told me that he thought that Kubiak and Manning were really going to bump heads mm. because Kubiak likes to play under center. Peyton, obviously, is a guy who prefers the shotgun. All right. So there you go. Um, the return of fantasy relevant tight ends, though. 13 tight ends scored in double digits 13 tight ends scored in double digits in fantasy 21 total touchdowns the most of any skill position think about that for a second it was Not bad huh uh that is incredible for the position we all thought was garbage um all right so i ask you this uh it's almost as if when we before we drafted uh, before the season started we all said well you could wait on tight end uh, because you got Gronk and everybody else. It's still, uh, first of all, you really can't say it's Gronk and everybody else because Gronk had 27 fantasy points. Travis Kelsey, uh, ASJ, uh, they both cracked 20. I, Tyler Eifert cracked 20. It, it's almost to the point now where if you don't have a top flight tight end, I think you're in trouble this year. I do. Um, if you don't have the Gronk, Kelsey, Eifert, um, uh, Jimmy Grahams of the world, I think you might be in trouble. Oh, you're putting Eifert on that level already, huh? I mean... One game. One game, yes, but holy cow, he was targeted a ton, and he looked uh, amazing I love him. There. I love him. I'm not putting him on that level yet, but yeah. yeah I, I think 
Marcus was the one that said this in our instant debate. Let's let's see it again. Right. Like, I, I'm right. The, I, but I'm the fantasy skeptic. I'm always like, let's that see it again. <laughs> that is your no, but I'm there. Let's I'm there again. with you, man. I'm there with you. I want to see it again. Um, Wiz, what's your take on the tight end position? I mean, I'm glad I I believed in my boys and got a lot of uh, Kelsey and Eifert in my leagues. But sure, you know the ASJs of the world, the Jordan Reeds, the Ladarius Greens. We've been waiting for these games forever, and it's great to see them in Week One. But let's let's see it again before we anoint this the year of the tight end. Again. I'm, I'm a little I'm a little worried about Austin Safarian Jenkins. The the so much came in garbage time. Right, and Mike, Mike Evans, Evans wasn't there. Right, right, exactly. I will How's say that a though, good matchup this week though. There were some guys. I mean, there's some things in there that I that I am encouraged about. I mean, obviously we know Gronk's going to be there Kelsey uh you know those guys I think Jimmy Graham I think he'll have even bigger weeks than he had this week agreed um but some of the names that I that I see here I mean Martellus Bennett uh you know certainly for the next couple three weeks as long as it's still September, September. he'll be great <laughs> uh we know that for a fact but you know right. Jordan Reed is athletic and can make plays his issue has been health Jordan Cameron another guy who is athletic and can make plays but has had health issues over his career Delaney Walker's a guy who can consistently be you know around nine to ten points every single week for you in that offense um you know Eric Ebron you heard plenty of good things about Eric Ebron through training camp and maybe after a year he's kind of started to figure some things out so there are some guys on that list Absolutely. that I think are ready to make a stride forward. So I don't I don't Absolutely. I'm not going to proclaim this year of the tight end part 2, but maybe maybe we were too down on the position as exactly. a whole. Well, keep in mind too that uh, <clears throat> the only player at that position who's going to be consistent is Gronk. You are going to get stinkers from every single tight end including Jimmy Graham, including Kelsey, uh, including Olsen. Olsen gave you one last week. So Gronkowski is still head and shoulders above everyone else. But we're hoping that the lack of consistency from the other players is, you know, instead of it's one week up, one week down, one week up, one week down, hopefully some of these guys like Eifert can string together a few games where you're not second-guessing yourself every week at the tight end position because a lot of people went into this year thinking they were going to stream tight ends and have to play the matchups. Um, in terms of in terms of a tight end that you're desperate to get off the waiver wire right now, who is it? Well, Eifert is only owned in like 15% yeah. of NFL.com leagues. That's amazing. That's amazing. Be, I mean, especially as much as we pumped him in our content and the podcast all off season. Like, if you're in need of a tight end, he should be the number one guy you go after yep. on the waivers this week. No, no doubt about it. Big dude, red zone target. Uh, we talked about it last week. I talked about him in the preseason. A, a dude that people forgot about because he didn't play last year because sure. of the injuries. All right, player you were most impressed by, and we'll start with you, Alex Gelhar. My boy, Chris Ivory. Oh, how <laughs> dare you? I had how to bring dare it you? We need a Chris Ivory sounder on this podcast. I was, I, I was doing a couple other things this morning. Had I had time, I was going to try and get like an Ebony and Ivory or something oh in here. Oh, my but gosh. I, I had said he could, again, in his matchup, he could get 90 and a touch. He got 100 total yards and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Two he touchdowns. looked great, too. Yeah, he did look good, actually. And he, and and he, good oh, matchup this week. Good matchup this week again. Bilal Powell spelled him a little bit, but Ivory's the feature guy. No, no doubt about it. I, I, I'm 100% eating Crow, uh, week one. I get it. It's cool. <laughs> I, I don't mind. It's all good. My boy Gelhart got it right there, man. I'll tell you, yeah, he did look good. He really did look good. Uh, breaking and, breaking and for, tackles. And for his draft price, uh, he might be uh, one of those top bargains uh, that could carry your fantasy team deep into the playoffs. Um, how about for yourself, MG? Uh, I'm going to go Tyler Eifert. Uh, you know, I, I was... I thought he could be something. I thought he could be a guy. And 
Uh, I mean, it, it, full disclosure, I left him sitting on the bench in a couple of leagues. No! I didn't think he was going to do what he did. Oh, 104 yeah. and two touchdowns. Like, I didn't see yeah. that much coming from him. Nine I just, catches. I liked Come his on. ability. I liked his ability, and it looks like Andy Dalton is not afraid to feed him the football. That's right. I mean, look. That's it right there. There's going to be There are going to be weeks where he's not going to get, obviously, as much work because A.J. Green is still going to be a big part of that offense. But, obviously, they're not afraid to go to him, and I think he's going to be a huge red zone target this year. Uh, he, he's clearly, am I wrong in saying this? He's clearly the number two pass catcher. Uh, he's pass guys. Yeah, they don't have a real number two receiver. No, they don't. I mean, J- Jones and uh, Sanu are, are good. Uh, they're good players. But in terms of how the offense is built, uh, the way Hugh Jackson is calling plays, I don't know. It seems yeah. to me like it's it's clearly. Eifert's two. Eifert is two uh, to me. Uh, anyways, but uh, Fabs, who, how about for yourself? Most impressed player. You guys know who I'm going to say. Amir Abdullah, man. Okay. There you Dude, go. I love Amir Abdullah. I love him. I, I don't know why the Lions don't give him the ball more. Hopefully they will down the stretch. Uh, and guess who he plays this week? The Vikings, who just got just railroaded by Carlos Hyde. Gashed. Gashed. So Abdullah is someone who is locked and loaded in my RB2 spot if he's on my fantasy team, and uh, hopefully you drafted him. You know who I was impressed with? Mar- How about Marcus Mariota? Looked fantastic. The Kurt Henning of quarterbacks. Wow, A really? perfect, perfect passer rating. I thought coming into the season four touchdowns. Look, I I don't know Come how on. I don't know how things are going to go long term, but I really felt like coming into this year, I liked Mariota better than Jameis Winston. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, yeah. it's one game. I know we keep saying it; it's one game, but sure. they were night and day. Oh my god! I did love though. It that was crazy. I did love that at one point early in the first quarter, they both had touchdowns to Titans players. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That was fantastic. But I just one what I love about Mariota. Okay, is. He protects the football. More than anything, he's very protective of the football. He doesn't turn it over. He doesn't make really risky throws. That's what Jameis does. And then, look, it worked in college, and I think at some level it will work in the NFL. He'll hit a lot of big plays, but in the early going, he's going to throw a lot. That's the thing, though, about protecting the football is they very much scripted those first, like, 15 offensive plays like his college style to suit him, which the Buccaneers didn't, and their offensive line is garbage right now, so that's why he was running for his life and getting sacked and throwing pick sixes. But with Mariota, they played to his strengths, I agree. He, and he ran with it, and it worked out very well. Now, are they going to be able to do that every week? We're going to have to wait and see, because defensive coordinators are going to get wise to that. They're going to get tape quick. on him. Oh, I, I 100% agree with, uh, agree with that, but the fact of the matter is, Ken Wisenhunt did a great job. And, and, you know, you talk about coaches and quarterbacks being good marriage. This is a great marriage, man. Ken Wisenhunt likes to throw the ball. He's a quarterback's guy. Uh, Marcus Mariota obviously uh, looks cool under pressure. Uh, that was the kind of the tape on him, so we know that already. It, to me, it looks like a perfect marriage. And in fantasy, this is what I love about Mariota, man. Not only is he throwing touchdowns right now, you got to think as the weeks go on, you're right, will defenses get tape on him? Absolutely. But you know what he didn't show at all in week one? He didn't run. Like didn't run and I think it's that X factor to me that gets me super excited uh, what would Matt Harmon say he, he said mobile quarterback it's like a cheat code it's a cheat code and, and it's true it's absolutely true it's almost like you're getting an, uh, um, a low-level running back and a quarterback all in one and for me Marcus Mariota uh, from a fantasy perspective if you are having trouble if you're one of those poor unfortunate souls that drafted a, a, a Joe Flacco all right, and you're trying to roll out uh, with Joe Flacco as your as your quarterback one. Go pick up Marcus Mariota. Play the matchups, and I think in most matchups, I think you're going to like Marcus Mariota. I can't believe I'm saying that for a fantasy. Uh, I, I, I will tell you this though: this matchup 
uh, coming up is not good. Uh, Cleveland's defense is good at home against right. the pass. Uh, I would not be starting Mariota this week, but he's worth a roster spot. Uh, I'd rather have him more than Flacco. I'd rather have him over Jay Cutler. Forget about the names, the veterans. Yep. Uh, I'll go with the upside. I'm just not playing him this week. So there you go. All right, healthy player you're most worried about moving forward. Megatron's got to be on this list. LaShawn McCoy, Melvin Gordon, OBJ. How worried are you guys about OBJ? Not at all. <laughs> the, Giants, yeah, the Giants suffered from some sort of epidemic that was going on this weekend where teams were like, we're just not going to give the ball to our best player. Right. And as we saw on Monday night with Atlanta, look what happens when you give the ball to your best player. Oh, my God. Great thing. Julio things. Jones. Every time the Giants put the Julio ball Julio Jones, in, stop it. Every, stop it. Every time they put the ball in OBJ's hands, good things happen. So yeah. they're going to look at the tape and be like, oh, wow, we've got this like all-time player on our roster. We should give him the ball. I'm not worried about him at all. I'm That's, more worried about LaShawn. The, the, I will say this, though. The, the chemistry um, OBJ had with uh, Eli Manning in the preseason looked terrible, too. They looked awful in the preseason last year. All right. So, Wiz, not worried. How about you, Marcus? Uh, you know, I'm going to go probably with DeMarco Murray. And I know that we weren't really high on him to begin with. But, look, you take those two touchdowns out of there, it was an awful yeah. night. What do you have, eight carries, it nine yards? Eight carries, nine yards. He had, what, uh, 11 receiving yards. It was a terrible, terrible night. Yeah. And, look, the one thing that worried me more than that is how much Chip Kelly rotated his running backs yeah, through yeah, yeah. there. I mean, Absolutely. Darren Absolutely. Sproles was the best guy in that backfield in the first half. 100%. He was the best guy in that backfield. And so, I, you know, you know Kelly's going to go probably with the hot hand theory. And so you just hope if you've got DeMarco Murray, and I play in a league, by the way, where DeMarco went number one overall. Oh! Um, why? I, I don't know. I, I don't know where they No. But – you know, if, if you hope if you've got DeMarco Murray that he gets out there, he gets the hot hand, and he gets those carries. Otherwise, you're going to see him tapping out a whole lot this season. Dude, it was he was never going to do what he did last year again. I mean, I well, yeah, I didn't think I that, but from the mountaintops, um, I don't think anybody thought. I don't think anybody thought that, well, but except man. the guy in the league who took him one overall. Well, but I mean, <laughs> but uh, but no, but I, you know, it's kind of the opposite, Fabs, of what a lot of folks thought he was going to do. They, they thought he would be the between the twenties guys, uh, get good yardage, but not get into that end zone. And, and it was the exact opposite. Uh, he was terrible between the twenties, and yet when he got around the end zone, actually he looked pretty good. And you know who led that backfield in touches last night? Hit me. Darren Sproles. Darren, well, he looked the best. I'll tell you that. Every time he touches the ball, it looks like he's faster than everybody else on the field. Yeah. Plus, yeah. if you get if you uh, play in a points per steps taken league, <laughs> Darren Sproles is number one. I got out of one of those. It's too hard to follow. <laughs> I got it. Um, uh, most uh, The healthy player you're most worried about, Fabs? Uh, it's Peyton. I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, this is a guy who's been uh, an elite fantasy quarterback for a long, long time. Yeah. And it's it's hard to watch a guy when the wheels start falling off. We've seen that from running backs for a long time in the history of the National Football League. Yep. Even down at the greats like Eric Dickerson, and it's hard to watch. And I think that's what you're gonna that's what you're gonna have this year with Peyton. He'll still have some Peyton games, but he's gonna have more of these stinkers than we've ever seen before. Uh, the the Peyton apologists and the the Peyton fans out there will point to Tom Brady last year. First four games of the season absolutely looked like the wheels were falling off. Terrible. Um, does Peyton? possibly have that in him to come back late in the season like that? There's going to be some opponents that he'll be able to pick apart. Uh, again, it's not going to be all bad, but you're you're going to be questioning Peyton Manning as your starter in certain weeks, whereas in the past, you never did. Hmm. All right, so uh, Wiz, did I get one from you? The, the yeah, I said I said LaShawn. I just think his health in the, in the past and 
They he has a lot of guys vulturing touchdowns. Carlos Williams. Carlos Williams. Moby Dixon. Dixon. Tyrod's might run one in soon. <laughs> uh, love LaShawn as a player. I just uh, his price tag and and he's just got those injuries recently. You know he had the yeah. toe and the hammy in the off season, and if either of those flare up again. Carlos Williams is going to be the lead back in that offense. But he had the best touchdown celebration. That wasn't a celebration. <laughs> this that true. wasn't a touchdown. I mean, Travis he Colbert. opened the bank, Remember, took he, the money out, and then he flew it. I mean, yeah, but he had to put it back why in. Not? Travis Kelsey had the best touchdown celebration. That, that was, was a actually one. a touchdown. Yes. Right. Yeah, I mean, I McCoy did score a touchdown, and it was it was called back. And he's got a good matchup this week. The Patriots' defense yeah. is not good. No, I like, no. I like Shady So, this But, but I, I agree with you. He's not the guy that you were putting in your lineup every week mm-hmm. like two years ago. And Can we have a, never thought about about it twice? I hear you. Can we have a collective fantasy freakout over this Miami offense? No, uh, no, I'm not panicking. No, they figured it out. Like really, the first half into the second really? half. Really, Washington? Really? Yes, I know. It wasn't great. It wasn't what we thought it was. Wasn't going to great. Be. It was terrible. I was looking to get 50 million points out of Ryan Tannehill and Jarvis Landry. <laughs> it didn't happen. I'm not panicked about them yeah. yet. Oh they'll, my gosh, they'll figure it out. Lamar Miller ineffective. Tannehill ineffective. Landry, look, he got the punt return. Was it the punt return? Yeah, he had Touchdown. a score on a punt, punt return. return yeah. So okay. Landry had a good game in reality. Yes, Landry yeah. had a good game, but as a wide receiver, as a wide receiver only, uh, PPR he was fine. True. Eight catches, 53 yards. That's why you should let individual players get points for return yards and touchdowns and not defensive. Um, but wow. I mean, they they were taking on maybe what maybe the worst defense in the end, at, at least in the bottom five. Well, that's, yeah. That's the thing is it's always hard to tell because, uh, like, so much happens in the offseason, coaches, practices, and things like that, and th- the defenses change. They fluctuate, man. I mean, we thought things. Atlanta was going to be terrible, too, and they, they shut down the Eagles for the better part, you know, for the first half and into the third right. quarter. So. And, and we thought the Vikings were going to be a much better defense. They got a lot of young talent. They got Mike Zimmer, and they got gashed by what we thought was going to be a bad offense. So we don't know much. Let's. Not, I'm not writing them off after week one. What do I say every year, guys? The only thing that's predictable about the NFL is it's unpredictable. Is it's unpredictability. All right, let's talk about top Waiver wire ads for week one. I'm just getting I'm pounded on Twitter about who should I add? Who should I add? I'm sure you guys are, too. Uh, oh, by the way, I always forget to mention this. Uh, you could find us on Twitter. We answer a lot of fantasy-related questions. Uh, and, and the other gentlemen here, Marcus Grant and, uh, and Alex Gellhart in particular, they, they like doing a little pop culture as well. But you can find The Wiz. Um, I almost feel like you should change Twitter handle now. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep it as I got at Alex Gelhar way back in the day. I'm lucky enough to have Good it, for so you. I'm going to keep it. You're not even Alex Gelhar one. You're just Alex Gelhar, man. Nope. That's legit. All right, and Gelhar spelled G-E-L-H-A-R. A-R, correct. Okay, so there you go. And Marcus Grant is uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit of a. Um, I don't know. It's hard to find sometimes. It's Marcus G. It's but it's M A R C A S. That's where it is. And Michael underscore Fabiano? Yes, sir. There you go. If and you uh, tweet Michael Fabiano, you will be tweeting an opera singer. There you go. Yeah. And at James D. Co. Um, and Co. is spelled K O H. But by the way, you could always follow the uh, the fantasy Twitter handle, the official fantasy uh, Twitter handle as well, at NFL Fantasy. So there you go. All right. So top waiver wire ads. Uh, Michael Fabiano, give me your guy. Well, it's Williams. Uh, because of the absence of Des Bryant for, I guess, four to six weeks, okay. or eight weeks, who knows. But uh, do you it, believe it's close in- because Eifert is is really up there as well. Uh, do you believe in Kendall Wright? 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, not this week. Joe Hayden, he's he's calling this week. So uh, Kendall Wright. Is- but as a long-term play, I mean, oh, you're going to have to add. I mean, he, he well, he's he's, he's going to get picked up. He's own, well, he's a he's owned in probably over seventy percent of leagues. I don't know how available he's going to be, but if he is, I would certainly pick him up. I just don't know that he's available. Mark Grant. 
Uh, I'm going Stevie Johnson. Uh, you know, and I he's a guy who we kept saying they, the Chargers. When we said the Chargers, Chargers don't have a number one bona fide number one receiver, it looks like it's back to being Keenan Allen. <laughs> but uh, Stevie Johnson's a I solid number I think he's still two. catching footballs. Right I, st- now. I think it's still more of a one A one B. Maybe, I, I, and that that could be the situation. But I do think Stevie Johnson's going to see a whole lot of touches. I will say, if you were looking for a deep waiver wire, Lance Dunbar. Lance who Dunbar. caught a lot of passes, yep. and now with Des Bryant out for a while, Imagine there are a lot of targets to go around. Mm-hmm. Wiz? Uh, Deion Lewis is a great play. Okay. We uh, even with LeGarrette Blunt coming back? Even with LeGarrette Blunt coming back, I think Deion Lewis is still going to get all that passing down work. And all right, give me your top three. If you have the number one waiver priority, what's the priority you're putting them in? I'd probably go, I mean, Moncrief, Williams, and Stevie Johnson. I think those guys all have a chance for a huge share of their passing games. Okay. And, I mean, like we say, wide receiver is a position filled with depth, but those guys are all – I'd put maybe Eifert in that list too, but those guys are all going to get a lot of work. Okay. Uh, I think for me, I might go Terrence Williams one. Uh, Tyler Eifert, two. Uh, Marcus Mariota, three? No. Sankey. He's available in like 50% of leagues. Man, are we really talking about It's a running back. It's a position of need. It's so rough. I, I had Sankey on my, my regular waiver wire list, but there, there was a concern that when they got near the goal line, they kept putting in Terrence West. Yeah, but then Terrence West kept getting knocked backwards. Terrence West scored a touchdown. The refs just were blind. Oh, is that it? The ball crossed I didn't the understand plane. that. How did they not I, review that? We were all that? watching it in the newsroom like, oh, that's a touchdown. That's a touchdown. And then they did review it, and the refs were like, nope, the call on the field stands. And we're like, uh. How was that not a touchdown? Okay. I don't understand. Terrence West did not look good near the goal line, and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Sankey get a goal line carry and score? Oh, absolutely. No, 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 he did. No, absolutely. All right, well, let me let me go to Bust a Move uh, author here, Marcus Grant. You said Bishop Sankey, uh, probably not going to do too well. I think everyone thought Bishop Sankey not going to do too well. But now that they got this mobile quarterback, does does that increase the value of Bishop Sankey? I mean, he got in there twice. It might. Uh, I I again being the fantasy skeptic, it's like, hey, he had a good week. Great. Lots of guys have good week ones or have at least one good week. I'm just I'm not sold because he struggled so much last year. And, you know, I mean, there was a reason that they drafted David Cobb, even though he's hurt and not going to play. But I, I just I don't know. I, I, I just can't get excited about Bishop Sankey. You know what? I might go Terrence Williams, Tyler Eifert and then James Jones. Jones is a good option, too. The, the snap breakdown for those Green Bay wide receivers, they yeah. were all basically within five of each other. And okay. I think what that's going to become is last year it was the two-headed monster right. with Randall and Jordy. This year it might just be more of a three-headed monster because Rodgers always says his favorite target is the open one. And there he, you go. he kind of proved that. They all had, I think, four or five catches and around 50 yards. Jones had the two touchdowns. Okab only had 36 and one touchdown. But Jones is a great guy to pick up because it's clear Rodgers trusts him. And it's funny that uh, Adams actually was the top targeted receiver. Right. And he scored the fewest fantasy points. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got goo- – uh, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers got goo-goo eyes for James Jones in that uh, end zone area, man. I-, I mean, he was just looking at him exclusively. Uh, it was amazing. So, yeah, I- for that reason alone, I think James Jones is a top waiver wire ad. Did want to ask you guys about this, though. How about Percy Harvin? 80 yards and a touch. Do we believe – no. no. I'm not falling for the banana in the tailpipe again. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Nothing, huh? No. Nope. 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 Jordan Reed? Decent ad. There's a lot of good ads. I would say, because we got to get these guys to their, their show meeting, you can right. go to, we'll change it, we'll set up the vanity URLs. You can go to NFL.com slash waiver wire and then NFL.com slash deep dive. A lot of guys there. <laughs> I wrote about all of them. I spent a lot of time. Uh, and you can hit us up on Twitter for more. You should right. be picking up uh, uh, the player you just mentioned, though, right there, because um, Jordan Reed? I, I really think. Jordan Reed. Yeah. I, I really think that People the opportunity forget, will be there, especially with DJs out. How good he! I, I really do, uh, guys. I got to say this, man. I I think for this week, or at least this Tuesday, 
Uh, we're going to have to kill Daily Daps. I'm, I apologize. We're going to have to kill Daily Daps. I'm, I apologize. We can't. Do you want, you want to do it? it quick. Let's squeeze oh, it in. We'll, we we'll, some, Marcus and I got some daps. We'll squeeze oh, it in. All right. All I right. thought we were going to save this for Friday, but you know what? Let's do it. We got to make it daily, James. That's the whole point of having the <laughs> podcast twice a week. Fine, fine, fine. All right, here Let's we go. Daily daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the daily. Daps and hoops. Give me daps because I be scribbling right. Give me daps. Bring up daps and bounce. Give me daps and all right. Well, y'all are all excited about it. Hit me with the daily dap, Alex Yelhar. Uh, First daily dap is actually going to go to The Visit. It's M. Night Shyamalan's new movie. It came out last weekend. A lot That name just usually draws groans and laughs and sighs. However, this movie was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a horror movie, kind of found footage-y. Uh, the movie doesn't take itself too seriously. It's very self-aware. Some good scares, some good laughs. I would definitely recommend it. It's not a comeback. But it's a step in the right direction. Ah, M Night. All right. So, and when Gelhar likes a horror movie, I go see it because I love horror movies. I told I told Fabs to see the Babadook. Oh, I love the Babadook. Did you Such, see Did you see It Follows too? Yes, the Babadook. Good one too. Yes, the Babadook is awesome. I think it's on Netflix. Dude, the Check Babadook it out. is awesome. Okay. Um, the other Daily Dap is uh, there was a a live blog last night written by so I forgot good. his name now, but it was a, it's an Australian journalist on the Guardian UK covering Jared Haynes first. Yeah. Uh, NFL game. Sure. It is a riot. You can find it. Just Google, like, Jared Hain live blog, and you'll be able to find it. Was it all over Twitter because on this, Monday night. The guy, like, never watches football, so he was commentating on everything, on the breaks, what was happening, his own spin on things. He had some great That's awesome. like, quips and stuff. It's hilarious. It's so hilarious. Find that out. All right. Marcus Grant? Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out in kind of – uh, obliquely to one of our colleagues, Akbar Bajabi Amila, but more to American Ninja Warrior. They finally had a winner. Oh! After Woo! seven years on the air, somebody finally Spoiler alert. Mount Midoriyama. Hey, it was already on. If you didn't see it, it's your bad. Can we um, just, two guys actually won. But the problem is, the rules say whoever climbs it the fastest gets the money. So this guy climbs the uh, climbs the, the, the rope. It's, it's a 75-foot rope climb. Okay. And this guy named, uh, let me see, I get this right. Isaac Caldiero climbs up. He climbs up, and he gets up there in 30 seconds. Mind you, it's a 75-foot rope. Climbs it in 30 seconds. Uh, actually, I take that back. Isaac Caldiero is the one who won it because he did it in less than 30 seconds. Jeff Britton is the guy who climbs it first, thinks he's going to win a million dollars. Some other guy climbs it in less time. He wins the million. The did first guy finally, goes home empty-handed. Did they finally make it a million dollars? Yeah. I mean, it's been sitting at like five hundo grand for like forever. Yeah, it's a million now. And you're like, bro, no one's winning this thing forever. You can make it like two million. It's fine. NBC, you're good. So, yep, they handed it out. So congrats though, to both those guys. Wait, first did he get a giant it. check or no? I don't know if he gets a giant check, like a, a happy well, Gilmore type check. it doesn't happen. It, I mean, it doesn't count then. I mean, you gotta, you, if you get a million dollars, it's got to come in a giant check. It's got to come as a giant check. And a big happy Gilmore check. <laughs> Otherwise, it doesn't count. Drive away. <laughs> um, I, gotta, I, I don't have anything. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I wasn't prepared for my own daily it's, depth it's segment. Okay. Um, can, I'll, I'll give a daily dap to all the good drivers out there who weren't uh, debilitated by the rain today. So how about that? That That is tough to find in L.A. Yes, it's very difficult. Michael Fabiano, do you got anything for us, pal? Yeah, um, unfortunately for my for my buddy Mike Silver, uh, who went into last night's games down less than three points to me in our NFL Talent League, he had Nelson Aguilar in his starting lineup. Uh, I was watching the game. Aguilar hadn't done anything. I checked live scoring, and he took Aguilar out at the last minute and put in Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith went on to score fewer than two fantasy points, and I won. Oh! And typically that happens the opposite. Like, I'm the one who ends up getting nailed by the— uh, So you're dapping the guy you beat? By the fantasy football guy. He's gods. dapping the Monday Nightmares. Right. Ah. But—, but 
I know at some point that the fantasy gods will turn that right around on me and are I'll fickle. lose by a couple of points one week and be complaining about it. All right, All right so let's get these guys onto the television. All right, Shall very we? good. Yeah, run it. You've been listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe, Alex Gellhart, Marcus Grant, Michael Fabiano. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.